Carter's number one. Has your mom heard the podcast? Because Doug mentioned that his mother had heard the podcast <laughs> with less than she desired results. No, I don't think my mom listens to our podcast. Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't think well, anybody I know listens. I listen to, uh, to ours, and she was okay with it. She's pretty. She's, she's pretty. She's pretty uh, on board yeah. with all yeah. the all the weird shit. Yeah, it probably wasn't the episode where Jared called you guys Mexicans. All right, cool. Well, this this one goes out to you, Jeez. Mima. I hope you're listening now. My mom considers herself German, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, then there's all kinds of weird shit. All right, well, let's get into it. Guys, welcome to the Enemy Slime Podcast. This is episode number 138. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Doug Wilson. I know when to hold them, and I know when to fold them. And when to walk away. And we have Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? And we have renowned half-German Lucio Lorenzino. I am so stoked to be here today because we get to talk about our favorite series. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't it an exciting time? But before... Should we do our email before or after? When do you want... How do you, what order do you want to do this? I'm sure he would like to hear his email read and then not have to listen to the rest of the podcast. Right, so but if let's we, do that. If we read the email later, then we make him listen to more of it and we get that sweet, sweet ad revenue. By the way, I should mention today's podcast is brought to you by the Shakeweight. Shake away your flabby arms with the Shakeweight. Shake up life. Now, Shakeweight. And also put it in your tits. Use checkout code Horrible Sellouts to get 10% off of your Shakeweight when you order it today. Anyway, uh, yeah, all right, we can read an email. Uh, so we do. We have an email today from Michael S., who writes, Dear Enemy Slime, huzzah, I'm sure that you are all just as excited as I am that America absolutely dominated at the Olympics this year, winning almost double the medals as Great Britain and China, despite sewage-filled swimming pools and lying teenage vandals. As usual, the games prove that America is not only the best, but can overcome almost any challenge or adversary particularly the Russians and the Chinese. Fuck yeah. Reveling in the post-victory glow of auspicious international sport, I was left reminiscing about the many digital sport classics, such as 1982 arcade juggernaut Joust, the much-loved NBA Jam for the Super Nintendo, or the breakaway success of the Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, I think we're being a little generous there, uh, series <laughs> launched by Sega in 2007. As a fan of the podcast, I was hoping you could comment on your favorite and least favorite sport video games, sports in real life, or maybe discuss those sports you feel might be underrepresented and deserve their own video game, like speed walking, hat stacking, or dressage. Because you are all such great sport fans, especially Doug, and Patriots, I'm sure you all tuned into the closing ceremonies of the 2016 Rio Olympics and were treated to seeing Shinzo Abe, dressed as Mario, receive the Olympic torch. This might be the first instance of international diplomatic cosplay, and I was hoping that Enemy Slime would be willing to share your insights as to what this could mean for geopolitics, or like me, are thinking, what the fuck, Japan? Sportingly yours, your number five fan. So... That's a that's a lot. There's a lot to uh, to unpack so here. Unpack there, yeah. So let's back. We had up. an Olympics this year. Let's back up a little bit. Yes, we did have the Olympics. Things went oh. uh, pretty well, as I understand it. Uh, I mean, for you guys, for Argentina, we actually made fewer medals. Oh well, that's did not. You come back with fewer than you started. Yes, we actually <laughs> lost medals. Yeah, they, they took, you, we did so bad they took some away. They unsported <laughs> the chili. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did beat chili. So oh, yeah, Peru. It's, fuck those we guys. We beat Peru too. Oh, yeah, fuck those places. Well, all things considered, then I'd say things went pretty well. 
I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, like we're talking about doing better than uh, worse than last year. We're talking about like five medals instead of six. So, mm. you know, <laughs> once you start getting off of the like the top five of the table, things start dropping quick. You did 20% worse this year. Yeah, with it. So he <laughs> he asks about uh, he asks about favorite and least favorite sports game. Why don't Why don't we take a look at favorite first? I I think across the board, NBA Jam has to be on everybody's list, right? Hell yeah, yeah. Not the one about yeah. soccer, but sure. sure. Doug, are you the holdout? I I can give you my list. Do you like NBA Jam? No. Oh my god, is your list no. nothing? My list is my most favorite, none of them. My least favorite, all of them. <laughs> what about uh, Punch Out? Yeah, Punch Out, man. I should call it Stupid Out. <laughs> Dumb Out. Good point. But... All right, solid. Okay, well, so for the rest of us, NBA Jam, probably uh, probably the king. I might submit, I don't know no. if you... Uh, okay, all right, Lucio, what is the best? Take me World Cup. No, no, no. The one, the one that was done with the River City Ransom graphics. Shit, I forgot the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That you uh, could do, like, you could basically, like, kill the entire enemy uh, team. Oh, I like yeah. the sound of that. I don't remember that game, but... So they have, like, the super move that you would press both buttons together, and they would do, like, this super weird, like, kick, and mm. it would just kind of drop everybody on the way. Um, if you did it enough times, then they just wouldn't get up again. Oh, beautiful. Sp- yeah, it was great. Sport games, to me, uh, they always kind of toe the line of um, boringness. Because I just I have trouble with games that get closer and closer to reality. Like, I like my stuff really far removed from that. Um, and so, and that goes for anything. That goes for a sports game. That goes for a racing game. My favorites are always the ones that are really extreme, where people are, like, catching on fire and stuff is exploding and you know uh so games like um like for racing games definitely arcade racers like i I hate like gran turismo i don't want to really hit the brakes when i go around a corner like that's not fun to me but a game like burnout where my goal is literally to just explode myself as hard as i can like that's something that i find uh, a lot are those of, considered sports games though well no but that's what burnout what that's my example for racing like it takes a subject that i find kind of boring and you can I make consider so i will consider like sport game into two big categories right you have your arcade sports games which include stuff like burnout and you know uh, nba jam blitz all that stuff and then you have your simulations which is stuff that's more like you know nfl uh, right. madden um fifa and all that shit Right, yeah, the fun ones and the unfun ones. I mean, I, don't know. I like FIFA, but well, then I submit Carmageddon. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's a little off base. Uh, I was actually uh, Lucio just said it, but I was also going to mention Blitz because uh, I think that that is a pretty good uh, sports game as well. And Blitz used to have the uh, the little pack on the arcade cabinet, and you could actually take your memory card from your Nintendo sixty four into the arcade. And like import your team oh, yeah. into the game, and I remember that being kind of cool. I don't know if I ever really got to use it, but I remember it being cool. Where would Lee Carvello's putting challenge be? Is that a game? <laughs> That's right at the top. <laughs> That's pretty high uh, up at the top. As far as least favorites, we got Doug's. So what's everybody else's least favorites? I mean, I don't know. All of them. Oh, the real deal. Baseball. Games or actual sports? Can we just say Madden? I mean, I guess baseball. 
MLB. You don't like baseball? You're not a baseball guy? No, not a baseball guy. Okay, here we go, Lucio. Baseball game or golf game? Which do you take? Oof. Do I have to choose? <laughs> yeah, you got to choose. If you don't pick one, your entire family dies. Well, uh, I mean, I guess I could start out doing family. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. He'd, uh-huh. just not, he'd just rather not play either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the both sports are, are are completely boring to me, and I think I'm probably the biggest sports fan in, in the in the group, right? I think it's fair to say. I mean, if you consider soccer a sport, then yeah, absolutely. And rugby and MMA and boxing, but yeah, sure. Yeah, those are all pretty fringe, actually. See, we're talking about not really because football, we, baseball. Uh, yeah, it's just in the United Iowa. States. Professional wrestling. <laughs> hey, boxing is the international language, so we're not going to speak bad of boxing here. Yeah, there you go. Foxy boxing. How about that? I like that one. Hey, do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys? MMA. Remember... Well, did you just say MMA is French? I don't think anybody said that. Did we? Hey, what about the topless BMX game? Okay, that's a pretty good one. BMX triple X. Uh, uh, what's the other? Um, oh, do you guys remember Ready to Rumble with a two in the middle and like one yeah, of, yeah. Oh, yeah, one the, of them had the like the a big pancho. afro and the bad Pancho clone, banjo, punch bad out. Punch. Oh, punch bad Punch Out clone. I thought you meant banjo like Banjo Kazooie, and I was like, no, it actually had very little to do with Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Sad think thing. of something it had to do less with. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I, I remember having pretty good memories of, uh, of that. And actually, you know, who else, uh, always does kind of an okay job is usually Nintendo. So like Mario strikers and Mario tennis, those, those games are all pretty good, but, uh, yeah. that's, that's the list. That's the entire list. As far as the stuff we don't like, I think mostly simulation stuff. Lucio probably has more forgiveness for that kind of stuff than us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's probably it. And then what else did he ask? He asked about, uh, I really have played a lot of FIFA ever since they started putting like the ultimate team bullshit together, but I don't you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, Cause that's what they basically did is they turned it into a card game, uh, in a $60 game where you buy packs. Oh yeah. I remember you talking about that. It's yeah. So that's no I kind of is. really haven't done any of the simulation games. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while either, so I, I don't know. I don't really miss them. Oh, yeah, that's bottom of the <laughs> list. So his other question is, uh, sports that you feel might be underrepresented and deserve their own video game. Anything come to mind? High a lie. That's, yeah, that's not a bad point. Uh, I think it's about time we uh, did a reboot of California Games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do Pogs count? I'm submitting Pogs. <laughs> I want to see a Pog game. I feel like... Dude, you get so much DLC on that. I know. You can, make that game. Can you imagine like buying like <laughs> Pog tubes to like store, Enemy your, Pogs. store your digital that, Pogs in? Enemy Pogs. Enemy Pogs. All right, we're going to make a Pog game. Are you guys in? Are you guys in for this? Let's table Crown of Beards. Yeah, it's not Fuck really it. going well. Uh, let's move over to Pogs and really get those going. Well, now that the Kickstarter has been funded, I'm okay to quit. Yeah, now that we've got the Kickstarter money, we should just stop and uh, and move on to Pogs. Who can we blame? Um, who uh, took the money? We well, we won't. We'll just say that we didn't feel safe. We didn't have like a a safe space, and uh, so we kind of we out of stress we squandered the money on you know drugs safety. or whatever safety. 
safety stuff. Weapons. Yeah, I, we I, bought I a like bunch that. of guns to make us feel safer. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but now we've got a ton of guns. Uh, let's see. What was the other question? Uh, oh, that's right. Mario uh, dressed dressed up. Um, he he undressed as Mario. You guys watched the video, right? Where he like yeah. pops pops up from the tube, and then all his clothes fall off. Yep. Yeah. Which was a was a very what? sensual moment. Well, he was wearing a suit under the Mario suit, so it wasn't a big deal. So that's even kinkier, man. You know, like leaving everything to the imagination. But I mean, you got to admit, like that's that's pretty impressive to have a mascot that is so huge in your country that he gets to like dominate the reveal that you'll be having the olympics it's a little bit off-putting that he's italian and the olympics are in japan <laughs> that part uh, i have some questions about but so like, i read somewhere that mario is supposed to be more popular than mickey mouse so I'm not necessarily surprised i wouldn't necessarily i mean I, I think that's probably hard to quantify in general yeah yeah it's just one of those but things. simultaneously i find I find it very hard to think of a person who I could show a picture of Super Mario to who wouldn't know who it was. Yeah, exactly, right? So, you know, even people who, like, fucking don't know shit about video games are like, oh, that's Mario. Does Mario have a last name? Yeah, uh, well, if we, go by, if we go by the movie, then uh, his canon Mario. last name is, is Mario. And Luigi's... What was his first name? His first Mario. name's Mario. He's Mario Mario. He's Mario Mario. Luigi Mario. Luigi's Like Saran Saran. Yeah. Saran Saran. Duran Duran. All of the all of all that shit's in there. but yeah, according to the according to the film, the motion picture, his last name is indeed Mario. So there you go. That's the best we got. I think that I think that covered everything. So there you go. I hope that we have answered your question, Michael. I can't imagine how we didn't. Um, you can turn the podcast off now. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Now the rest oh, of give you, us money. The rest of you who are here, I guess we can talk a little bit about news. And why don't we start with everyone's favorite video game, uh, which is Returning from the Dead. Uh, we had wondered forever what was going to happen to Metal Gear now that Kojima left uh, Konami, and we finally have that answer. And better. I don't know. I don't know if they're doing the right thing or not. I mean, they're almost certainly doing the wrong thing, but I don't know if there is a right thing that they could have done. But anyway, we now have the reveal of Metal Gear Survive, the upcoming survival game where you play as people who were on Big Boss's like, team who got sucked into a portal. Yep. That's, yeah. That's about as good as I got. They get sucked into a portal. And then they is go somewhere. Real? They go. Did you not watch it? Yeah, this is the actual plot. No, we're not kidding. I asked if everybody watched it, and I, I said no. Oh well, you should have fucking watched it. It takes ten uh. seconds. Now no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. Great, we're super professional. Come um, on, this would be like if your grandmother died. Your the grandmother you loved more than any other family member, and then some guy got the rights to like just put her corpse on like a marionette string and just dance her around in front of you. See, that, that sounds fun. What's though. going on? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of what's happening. Uh, right, so I, re- I reserve the right not to see the dead grandma show. Okay, fair enough. We're still going to talk about it because it's a survival game now. Uh, yeah, okay. Presumably with crafting and I, I don't know what else, but it, it sounds like their description of the game sounds like they're trying to maybe dig into uh, that early access side of things a little bit. 
um, and and kind of get into a lot of those games that are really popular on Steam right now, which are of course survival games. So we don't really know the full scope, but basically, if you watch the trailer for this, it looks pretty crazy, even by uh, even by Metal Gear standards. It also, of course, looks like a game that has nothing to do with Metal Gear, and I think there's a strong possibility that they just took something that was already in development and then put the Metal Gear name on it. Uh, that's nothing that's pretty much they never do that. That seems very likely to me. I mean, it's happened. It's happened before with other games. So, so I want to before we started this podcast, I actually did some research on this. And one of the things that was interesting to me that I found out is that the Pachinko division of uh, Konami has actually lost 88% uh, of revenue year over year, despite all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about before with SNK about how they used to be you know, into in the Pachinko business and then now they are getting out because of regulations and because people, you know, young people don't really care that much. Um, so it seems to me that, you know, um, there's, Konami there's may have made a bad of, move. Yeah, there's kind of some oh shit stuff coming. Yeah, down exactly. Pipe. So they were like, all right, so maybe we fucked up and we need a quick hit because, you know, whether you like it or not, um, Metal Gear Solid Five sold something like 49 million copies. Uh, so, you know. It's a pretty big success. So let me... I think we all agree this is the wrong move. It's the wrong thing for them to do with Metal Gear. But here's my question. Let's reimagine this scenario. Let's say that instead of... uh, Instead of this nasty thing they had with Kojima where they wound up firing him, um, let's say instead that they... That Kojima basically, like, had a revelation one day and moved to India and became a monk. And just decided, like, no, no more for me. And so it, he wasn't, he didn't leave on bad terms. Let's say you're the Konami exec. What do you do with this property that you own that can please the fans, but not feel disrespectful to the legacy that the creator left behind? Like, what do you do? MOBA. <laughs> okay, a MOBA. That's so, a- if you try to imitate what they did. So if you start to make another Metal Gear game, you're also going to lose, right? Well, that's that's what I guess I'm getting at is like they can't make another Metal Gear because people are going to lose their shit over that. So it seems like a side story makes the most sense. At the same time, it just, just not that. It just feels like they totally went like you could have made a side story, right, with like Solid Jake, the stealth guy, <laughs> and he's a stealthy guy and he, he runs around and does stealth things. Um and just he, call up uh, Hideki Kami and make uh, Metal Gear Rising Two. Sure, I mean that might that Electric might Boogaloo. be a better idea too. <laughs> I mean they could have they could have done that. They could have done something with Raiden, or you know, because people don't give a fuck about Raiden. Who cares if right? They, you if can they, do whatever the fuck you want. To you Raiden. can sully his good name. Like nobody nobody cares. Uh, but you're right. Like they they can't make a snake game. They just absolutely can't. Um, right. But uh, but they can make an offshoot. But I just don't understand how you go from maybe an idea like that to something like this that just has nothing but name in common. I think you already hit the nail on the head on that because it, it, they're clearly just adapting something else that they had laying around and they were like, ah, oh, let's just put the Metal Gear in it. You know what's really shitty? 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna place this little bet right now, and I'm placing this completely randomly. I have no guidance whatsoever. I just have a feeling uh, that Metal Gear Survive is gonna be really, really good, and it's gonna <laughs> and it's gonna upset everyone because there's nothing worse than when someone does something really, really fucking shitty, and then they pull it off and get away with it, and. Uh, it's like Talk a, about this game for the next 20 years of how that's how good it is. It's like if Michael was at a party with his girlfriend and I just walked up to him and like slapped his cup of beer out of his hand and spanked his girlfriend on the ass and she was like super into it and left with me. That would piss him off even more than if I'd done those things and then, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, if that's how it turned out, I'd probably have to give you credit. You'd have, we'd have to high five later. Yeah. All right. While you're having sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, he can watch. Michael likes um, to watch. Let's go back. I mean, I don't know if it was any other company other than Konami. When was the last time Konami made a good game? Uh, like five. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that. But that, I mean, I guess if we're Snake excluding Eater? that, Snake Eater was good. Um, I think that's probably it. When did the when so, did uh, when was the last time they made a good game without Kojima? When did uh? uh everybody likes to talk shit about Kojima, but in general, you know, he's he's just a pretty. You know, he, he he's good. He's very good. When did Symphony of the Night come out? It was then. In '99, something like that. That was the other time that things went good. <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, they did plenty of good Silent Hills. Hills. Oh wait, 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 wait! What about Beat Mania Three, the final? No. I'm, I'm just looking at a list of Konami games. <laughs> they release a lot of Beat Mania games. They are pretty crazy for that stuff. I've never even played a Beat Mania. Man, if you look at their releases. <laughs> from 2016 back it's sad what is in here like it's it's all music games and not not music games you've heard of either like you haven't heard of any of these um so basically my point is basically they had one competent developer and they fired him so yeah that was a mistake they probably should have done that (laughs) oh those are arcade games okay so that they kind of get a pass there because nobody makes arcade games anymore either way the point is is that uh, yeah, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Having said that, I mean, we don't know what it's like to work with Kojima. Maybe he's just like the most miserable, obnoxious person in the world. And uh, and they just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I mean, sometimes there can be something that makes sense, uh, you know, on paper. But just in, mean, in practice is too difficult to endure and, and not worth let, it anymore. Let's not forget that Kojima is probably one of the most like... Um, you know, decadent, self-aggrandizing guys in the business. I mean, well, yeah, and I mean, his his fans. He spent like what eight million dollars making this game. Yeah, you know, is he? But, I mean, at the end, he was kind of just like, dude, we we need you to to, you know, like we need the game to come out, please. Yeah. So you know, I I can see kind of where. Konami is coming from at the same time like I said you know they don't so they have a stable of like fucking amazing people working for them they have one good developer and now he's gone right right yeah they're 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 in trouble unless unless like I said Metal Gear Survive it might totally pull it off Maybe might be amazing it's fucking great we'll see we'll see what happens but no snake sky <laughs> no snake no. sky. <laughs> yes. God, I hope so. Yes. I think you mean Star Citizen, Doug. The oh my star, god! Every. The new No Man's For, Sky. As an aside, 
Um, I, I was in um, on Reddit the other day, and everybody was so hyped about the Star Citizen uh, demo that they did at Gamescom. Mm-hmm. And all I can think of is, didn't we just go through this? Right, like you couldn't, <laughs> like, you couldn't wait a month. Like you, you, you couldn't, couldn't even make yeah, it a month. You <laughs> couldn't even make it a month if we're getting hype or something else. Uh, I don't know, man. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> we don't learn lessons. And, you know, Star Citizen has had some success, but there have also been a lot of stories of it being a letdown. So, Of course it's six, because they, they sell ships for like $1,000, and people buy it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, we could have one right now. And, I mean, that sounds all right. Really? Right now? Yeah, you can have it right now. Go, go buy a capital ship. Do you have a thousand dollars? A grand. Okay, let's do that. I mean, and it's not like it's not like Eve, where well, I mean, I shouldn't comment on it that much because I I don't know the full scope of how it works or why a ship would cost that much. But um, you know, in a game like Eve, where it's a player run economy, that makes sense that prices get you know raised up like that because you're it's not even really something you're supposed to be buying to begin with. Um, but I don't fully understand how how this works. No, really for twenty-five thousand or two thousand five hundred. Jeez, I heard of people who've given like twenty-five thousand dollars to development of this game, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's gotten a lot of funding, and I mean, like I said, it, in some ways, it, it does work nicely and it makes people happy, but I think the people who are thrilled about No Man's Sky are going to be disappointed with Star Citizen, almost certainly. I guess we'll see. Um, it's almost more interesting to me because the space combat is what I enjoyed about No Man's Sky and uh, not a lot of people are making games like that. So, you know, I, I don't know. It might be interesting. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I mean, if you if you spend money backing Star Citizen and, and you spend enough where you actually amounted to $25,000, I hope that you at least are happy with what is coming out, right? I wouldn't assume that you would be like, ah, this fucking shit sucks. I'm going to give you more money. Like, I don't think that's something that happens. <laughs> well, but, I mean, look at what so, we're dealing with here with the, the No Man's Sky fallout where people are immediately yeah, jumping on another. Like, it's actually, right, that, exactly so. that seems like a very real scenario where somebody says, I am unhappy with this. Here's some money. Um, you know, I, it's just like it's just like a discussion that we had before. Uh, I talked about forever and ever ago when Russ took zombies out of the game and everybody's like fuck this i quit i'm never playing this game again and then you click on their profile and they're in game in rust like it's just it's it's how people work unfortunately uh we don't have really anything to talk about with it because none of us have actually gotten hands-on with it yet but deus ex came out today and actually i do have a story oh what's what's your story so since we started recording the podcast today my friend you park i see him on steam he has booted up the game four times, and then he booted up Rocksmith. <laughs> so at least it's working great. So I take I, it sounds like it's going really well. I take it things you might not that. be perfect. Well here. Yeah. So there have been a lot of people reporting issues with the PC port, as anticipated. Like, well, but if you went to the Deus Ex subreddit today, it's literally just topic after topic after topic of technical issues. Like, there's no one talking about the game itself. Um. I played. I heard that they they're putting microtransactions in it, but I haven't confirmed it. Yeah, I heard reports that there were like these level up, uh, kind of like they compared them to what you see in Dead Space in Dead Space Three, where uh, you basically Dead Space Three had like what I might describe as like a coin doubler, where you could earn your kind of form of XP quicker at a faster rate than normal, and you you could right. buy that. 
and supposedly those exist for Deus Ex too, but I, I haven't looked at the store. I haven't done any research on it, so I, I don't know how true that is. From what I heard also, um, it wasn't on the version that that they gave to critics. And this is something that's completely, I'm not, I'm completely, you know, just kind of speculating based on shit that I saw on, on Twitter. So, you know, uh, games journalism. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this is true or what, but the way that a lot of the, the uh, you know, usual people were talking about it was that they had no idea this was going on and they found out today with the launch mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. And um, I mean, it sounds like, from for all intents and purposes, it sounds like something that Square Enix has put on Eidos and they understand that this stuff like unbalances the game. And so it sounds like they haven't really gone out of their way to... Like, for example, someone was talking about pre-orders today, and if you get a pre-order bonus and you redeem it in Deus Ex, it is only for that save, and you only get the one. Um, and so if you're <laughs> if you're doing a non-lethal run and your pre-order bonus includes guns, they were saying don't redeem those until you do your lethal run because you will not have them the next time you play the game. And so that kind of tells you right there that... Fuck? Well, because they're obviously rewards that probably unbalance the game and so they don't want you to have too many of them or to abuse them and uh so because of that i i think i get a vibe that idos is kind of bending to a publisher's will a little bit Mm -hmm. and doing things that are not in the best interest of the game but doing them like in as least harmful of a, a way as possible so I'm not going to buy any XP boosts or anything like that. I didn't even redeem my pre-order rewards. I'm just going to play the game beginning to end like it is and just see how it feels and see if it feels balanced. Because if I play it and it feels like I'm constantly getting my ass kicked and like I could really use those level ups, then that's bullshit. But if it makes no real difference and the game plays pretty much the same, then I don't have a problem with it. So I don't think I've ever played a game with a pre-order bonus where I felt like I knew In fact... In most games are pretty use, useless. Yeah, and I'm I mean, specifically thinking of the time that EA used to have it with like um, the Bioware games, mm-hmm. when they used to be like, "Hey, you know, uh, buy this and get the whatever dildo-shaped sword of dragons," and you know, it, it was, was like, sword. you know, it's quite a sword. You, you played, you know, twenty minutes and you found a better sword, like you know, in the side of the street. This mm-hmm. butcher's knife is better than your dragon dildo sword. I don't know, man. I used the Blood Dragon armor in uh, Mass Effect. I used that for like most of the game. It wasn't really beneficial, though. I just looked really cool in it. Yeah, but I mean, so two things. In Mass Effect, the armor really wasn't that important. In Mass Effect 2, which is the one where they had the Blood Dragon armor. Yeah. And, um, you know, it. there were better armors, too. But since it didn't really matter, then, you know, it was really up to you if you wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you mean either way. But uh, yeah, anyway, this is this is where we're at. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm skeptical. Well, I'm not skeptical of the game. I think the game is probably fine. I think people maybe remember Human Revolution better than it actually was. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. It's Are been you a saying while. that the internet has roasted into glasses? I think it's the opposite of Dishonored where I think Dishonored was a really great game that for some reason yeah. everybody hates now. And I think Human Revolution was an okay game that everybody thinks is, like, incredible. I don't remember thinking too fondly of it, so is it worse than that? I guess. I don't know. I mean... Oh, no. I mean, it, it was a good game. Um, 
I think I think it's all right. I, think I a lot liked of people, it. I think I think a lot of what's going on is a lot of people kind of heard that the original Do Sex was really good, which it was. I don't think it was as good as everybody says it was. I mean, it's not as good as Invisible War, but what is? <laughs> no, don't get nasty now. <laughs> um, but um, you know, it was a really good game, especially for its time. It, it, when it came yeah. out, there wasn't really anything that was quite like it. Well, and what's funny is now there's still nothing quite like it. <laughs> <laughs> Point. Um, but my point is, a lot of people, I think a lot of it has to do with the name, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, a lot I think of that's people totally know true. that if you're a true gamer, then you like Deus Ex, and um, that, I think, has worked in its favor. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that it probably is, to some degree, like, the pedigree of the name. But, like, I have, I'm more interested in Dishonored 2 than Mankind Divided. Um, but having said that, I mean, I'm sure it'll be serviceable and, and good. If uh, if what Elias Koufax or whatever that guy's name was, the voice actor for Adam Jensen, if uh, if there's one thing he convinced me, it was that there was promise in this game. He said it was going to be good. That he was said it was going to be good. He promised me. He said, hey, it's going to be good. Finally? I swear to you. I was you. like, Jared, this game's going to be awesome. Well, he didn't look at me and say it. He looked out at one of the other five people who was there. <laughs> said it to okay. him. Glad you yeah, got that you, joke in. I was going for it. You didn't ask for this, but the game's going to be great. <laughs> hey! Uh, I hope that line's in there. We'll see. Um, should we talk about games now? Yes. Yeah, what are we talking about now? But maybe, okay, sure. Maybe we should talk about the uh, the big game that came out this week uh, that, that you've been playing, Lucio. And under, Final Station? And under very strict orders not to speak of it. No, not Final Station. Final Station didn't <laughs> come out this week. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Man. I am, of course, referring to the King, the King of the Fighters. Yes, the King of the Fighters. XIV, um, which I guess is like the extra good edition. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the full scope. But, extra uh, invigorating butter edition. Yeah, that sounds sweet. So tell me how you found the King of Fighters. Um, well, it came in through an email. Oh, a bad joke. Anyway, <laughs> um, get him yeah. out of here. <laughs> I, I, I deserve that one. Uh, <laughs> so I really liked it. It's really good. It looks ugly as fuck, but it plays really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's. Um, you know, I don't know how familiar you guys are with SNK games. I know Michael has probably played them because he seems to think fondly of them. Oh, hell um, yeah. I mean, that's what what you said. I but, mean, I'm not uh, I'm not crazy. Like, it's one of those things where a lot of times SNK games were on platforms that I didn't have access to. So, like, I remember really badly wanting a Neo Geo Pocket Color when I was a kid, and yeah. uh, I. I'd even still like one today. Like, in fact, while you talk about this, maybe I'll go find out how much those are. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's just something where like Neo Geo wasn't something I had a ton of access to. There weren't a I lot mean, of I, arcade cabinets with it. We had a few, but mm-hmm. I didn't really talk uh, about this in the review. But uh, you know, SNK games were known for being very in-depth and difficult. And the reason for that was really because they were arcade games, right? I mean, the SNK was primarily, first and foremost, a um, arcade company, and you know the difficulty and the depth of the games showing that. What I think set them apart, or at least on par with Capcom, 
is that while they were uh, difficult, they were also very... You, you could learn how to play them. Um, you know, you could go into an arcade and spend enough money and time that you could um, learn how to play the games, and they kind of translated that when they did the ports, because most of the SNK games that you were finding consoles and stuff were ports, right? Uh, you know, I remember playing Fatal Fury on a PS... Uh, no, no, PS... No, SNES. It was a shitty port, but, you know, it was the same fucking difficulty that you would see in arcade. Like, they didn't hold anything back. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard, but... Um, I don't know if you had this term, but, you know, the term SNK boss used to mean, you know, a boss that was unfairly difficult and fucking bullshit. Um, which Rugal, yeah, exactly. So Rugal is an example of this. Giz Howard in uh, Fatal Fury. Um, you know, all those guys. Um, so they actually kept kind of a bit of that difficulty, but they've also realized that they're not making arcade games anymore. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of made it a little bit easier to get into. And, and the big part of that is the auto combo system that they have where um, you can just kind of get next to an enemy and if they're not blocky and they um, you start pressing square, uh, which would be the light punch, your character will make an automatic combo that ends uh, in, a, in a very weak super move, so like a, a level one like super combo. Um, and that will get you through a lot of the game, especially if you don't jack up the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a new player coming into this game, so before, back in the day, when you bought an SNK game, uh, and if you weren't really willing to sit down and learn it, then you would pretty much only see the first three fights of that, you know, of that game, mm-hmm. right? So you had to... You have the first one, you might win it. You have the second one, and then in the third one, the computer would, you know, super cancel a super combo into a mega combo, and you would die. (laughs) Um, So now, you know, with this new system, you can get very far um, just by using that if you really want to. So people who are new to the franchise and who just are kind of picking up can get a lot of value just by um, by doing that. Um, you know, they can just get to a single-player content and if they never really... Like, if they never really want to take their game online or if they never want to experiment with the higher settings, then they, there's really no reason for them to go into the higher difficulty levels. Um, that being said, if you go into... Uh, the online expecting to be able to get away with that shit, then you are in for a very rough surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, players, and this is myself included. So I actually played this against testers because they had um, kind of like uh, two days where you could log in to try the online and they had their, the people who were playtesting the game before they even like... Right, you, you, gotta, you, got to, alpha. you got to fight like Atlas's QA department. Yeah. And they, like, fucking destroyed me. Like, I haven't gotten bodied like that since I was, like, eight. (laughs) So, you know, but we made me realize that, you know, you can really get away with doing that shit in online play. So if you really want to play it competitively in a multiplayer setting at any, 
in any capacity, you're going to need to spend some time learning the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of you know subtleties. The game has that same uh, SNK difficulty that you're used to. Uh, so if you like you know fighting games for that kind of technical um, depth, then this is a, a good pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a ton of single player content. It has 50 characters right out of the box. Um, so which, you know you will... quite a few. How many does Street Fighter Five have by comparison? No, isn't it like fifteen uh, or something like that? So yeah, yeah I mean, so big, big, big difference in characters. And I'm actually, you know, you you mentioned in your review, and I, I think this is a pretty astute observation that it seems obvious the reason why they're switching to a, a polygon model instead of a sprite art is because they intend to probably skin the characters and like sell accessories and things like that. But yeah. I'm hesitant to say that they'll sell entire characters you know what i mean um i mean maybe they will maybe i'll totally eat that and they've got like four characters lined up that they're gonna start selling but it's... there's a lot of absences in that roster are there like like notable Lumar example notable characters who are missing blue mary's like in there Ooh. um i didn't know that, that guy yeah so vanessa is in there um is a uh, geese howard playable geese howard is playable all right. He's fucking ripped too. He's is still he, as cheap as ever. Does he have his stupid like long hair haircut? Is he does he dress like a no, man? No, no, no. He, he's dressed like a man now. All right. But uh, there's a shot of Benimaro with his hair down, and he looks dreamy. <laughs> is there? Have they ever put? Uh, have they I ever, get it. Don't worry. Have they ever put any Last Blade characters in King of Fighters? I don't think they have. What? Last Blade. Do you remember that game? No, no, no. It's they usually draw from like Art of Fighting. Yeah, and then Fatal Fury. Uh, Fatal and... Fury. Um, there's a few from Samurai Showdown. Oh, are there? Really? Who? Uh, the the girl. What's her name? Nakamaru? Nakaru? Nakaruru? Nakaruru, there. She's there. Huh. Interesting. I don't see why uh, you... They also put one of their pachinko machine characters. Oh, I thought you were going to say a pachinko machine. That would be... That's more tech and shit. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. So, but uh, she's apparently from like you know that. Um, oh, is she that the, really weirdly dressed? Like yeah, the bizarre she, short woman. I didn't. Woman. I didn't catch her name. Um, it's, I've seen a bunch of footage of her, but I don't. I don't know who she is. So she, she's from. Um, you know, the, I forgot the. What it's called, but that type of photography that the Japanese do with like idols, where they put them in sexy outfits. Uh, porn. Help me out, here, Michael. Huh? Porn? Or no, not no porn. The one that's like a step below porn. Uh, oh, porn. porn. Huh? I, I don't know. I <laughs> I always had porn handy, so. <laughs> well, anyway, it's it's one of those games where like you know she's an idol and she's supposed to like dress sexy and shit. Uh, which is a weird like choice to put in your game, uh, but I guess the Japanese like it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they really like it. <laughs> is it uh, Mui Mui? No, it's something with G. Yaoi. Donuts. Gai Gaijin. <laughs> Doing yes, good so far. Gaijin photography. I'll look it up afterwards. It's not important. Oh, you mean photography, not the character. Wait, typography or photography? Photography. Oh, this changes everything. I still think Yaoi. 
Sure. Yahweh. She's a Yahweh character. Yahweh? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> she yeah, hits you with a, with a good book. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just a weird, like, stuff to add to your to your fighting game. But, you know, it's, there's a bunch of new characters. A lot of them, actually. Didn't you say they have, like, 50-plus characters? Yeah. So they got a little room to screw around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but at the same time, like, to make Blue Mary be missing... Yeah, exactly. Blue Mary, Vanessa, you know, stuff like that be missing, and then have fucking Alice from Pachinko. I don't know. So so you think you think DLC characters are a possibility? I mean, they're a possibility. I mean, I don't care one way or the other. Like, when you deliver a roster that large, I don't feel burned when you... When you ask, yeah, like, exactly. Right? Like when so when Smash Brothers asks me for six ninety nine for Ryu, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you already gave me forty others, so sure. And they were on the disc, and they weren't announced before the game even came out, right? So like, I went into the, um, into the PlayStation Store thing to see if there was anything, and there wasn't anything. So you know. But then you have like Mortal Kombat, who right literally introduces like 25% more fighters at the cost of the full game and uh, you can't help but but wonder what the fuck happened there yeah exactly so you know it's I, I wouldn't mind if there's like customs and stuff and it doesn't have that bullshit system that uh, Capcom have with this Street Fighter 5 mm-hmm. where they would tell you oh yeah you can unlock everything by playing it and then it's impossible right right so, you know, if they're honest about it and they don't, like, they don't, like, rip me off too hard, I mean, I don't mind. I can always choose not to buy it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all in all, it sounds like you liked it. My question to you yep. is, when I talked to you about it last, you were kind of on the cusp of, like, a three when you scored it. And yep. and I was asking, and I still am curious about this, does how bad Street Fighter Five was is that what made this a four or does it have nothing to do with that? No, it's it's got in its own right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. So what, what put me over to a four was that I played the story more and I realized it wasn't like a bullshit cinematic, you know, orgasm of you know self-aggrandizement uh, by the writers, and it was actually just like. Um, it's it's um it's a story mode. It's really just the arcade mode with like cutscenes, mm-hmm. little details. So you know that was like I like that. It's, you know it's a fighting game. You know that's the arcade mode. It's the game. Right, right. So the the fighting game has a fighting game in it, not like Street Fighter Five. Um. So you know, um, once I saw that, I was like, yeah, you know, you can play this as much as you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like I—I I don't know if I'd pick it up, but it—I'm definitely curious. Like, it's been a while since I played a good fighting game. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned in the past that you're not that into like the super technical stuff. So I don't know that I would say that you can, um, you know, play this one and not have that super technical stuff. Like, what's um. Uh, What's your favorite fighting game? Like, if we go back in time, like, what's your favorite series? Let's say that. My the series is probably Street Fighter. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, King of Fighters has always been like a very close second. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Michael? Yes. Do you have a preference? Probably Samurai Showdown. Yeah, that is that's good shit. I like Samurai Showdown. Um, just 
It feels so weird to be talking about like a rivalry between Capcom and SNK in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. And actually, like, if I think back to like my favorite fighting games, I think one of my absolute favorites was Capcom versus SNK. Yeah, uh, that was a great one. I think, I think both one and two, because I think they made two of them. And yeah, they made two. I remember enjoying both of those quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, you know, whatever. I don't know. I got nothing. But uh, um, anyway, King of Fighters, there you go. Anything else that's worth mentioning about it? Uh, well, I, I, I was very hesitant to give a qualified opinion in the online during the review, and I haven't really had a chance to try it out. Yeah. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know if it may be. I haven't heard anything, so that's usually a good sign. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. So if there are issues, they, they don't sound like they're coming up. Yeah. I guess we could so, we could look at their subreddit and see how things are going. Should we? Yeah, let's do it. Should we take a peek? I assume it's just King of Fighters. It's actually probably the King of Fighters. Yeah, it's got to be the because this subreddit only has five people. Wow, that's just sad. Actually, I don't think there is a King of Fighters subreddit. Wow. So our fighting maybe. I guess. What about SNK? Does SNK have a subreddit? Somebody no, has no. has to like something. I mean, I know, I know it's fallen off the boat a little bit. Um. Okay, here we go. Here we go. King of Fighters 14 impressions. So I'd, I don't see anything that's talking about how awful it is or anything like that. So, I mean, that's good. So a lot of the reviews that I read didn't really talk about like They didn't go in depth in the system as much as I did, which was weird to me because I felt mine... Was kind of short, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I haven't heard anything like I, I didn't read anything about bad netcode in any of the reviews or anything that I saw. Yeah, yeah. Impressions. Did you play thirteen King of Fighters thirteen? Yes, sir. Would you say this is more or less complex than it? It's about the same. You think it's the on skill part? floor is lower, but like high level play is going to be equally challenging. Yeah, it's gonna be so like if you're not like super canceling shit, man, get the fuck out. Oh, here we go. It's just KOF is the subreddit. Uh, it seems like for the most part, people are pretty happy. I played ten matches online so far. All felt underwater. Uh oh, I'm connected with a cable. Yep. I think the reality is the netcode isn't very good. Um, let's uh, see. Terrible thus far for me. I don't think the netcode is good at all. It's delay-based, and the bars do not give you a good idea of how laggy it will be. Uh, from the look of the comments here, I guess it's time for the subreddit to have a region thread. So it sounds like some of it's regional. Uh, it's good if you are connected with a cable and playing against people close to you. It's flawless if you're on a Wi-Fi connection or playing against someone on the other side of the world. It's really shit. So, so it's interesting because my... I mean, I was obviously playing in the same region because it was Atlas... You were probably playing uh, with people in like California, I would think. Yeah, and my PS4 is actually through a wired connection to my router. So I think that most of the time wireless problems are kind of in people's heads, but I do think geography definitely has a lot to do with it. So Yeah, and I'm going to to repeat what I said in the review, which is this is a game being released in 2016. And I don't think I've seen any like one game that has been released without any sort of like day one issues 
in that cold. Maybe Overwatch. Yeah, maybe you are absolutely correct. Uh, it was. It would be foolish of you to expect the game to work today, regardless. So, which is sad. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's the reality we live in. That's the, that's the truth of it, I think. So, all right. Um, should we talk about? So, oh, go if ahead. you like fighting games, go get it. That's basically the takeaway. I mean, I, here's here's the thing that I think, which is if you like S and K. Uh, you know, go support them. Uh, maybe we can get yeah. them to like kind of come back a little bit and give us more stuff. Because they never maybe get some fucking pixel art back. They never did. Yeah, anything. that's probably what would actually stop me from getting this in the first place. Is the the 3D art? Yeah, it's not a big old idea. You, you barely notice it when it's moving. Yeah, it's just it's so. It's not what you got done like the uh, winning animation. Like fucking Angel looked like she was made in 1999. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, but it's yeah. a tough call. I, I don't know. But something to think about. I mean, I don't care about the graphics that much, but I can see like people who... You know, I miss the eye candy too, so it's not like... I mean, I don't care about it that much, but it was nice to have, you know? The pixel art, I mean... I would say that SNK probably had the best pixel art in the business. Well, and you know, it's, it's a double-edged... There's probably no way to bring that back either, because if you support this game, they're going to say, wow, people really liked our 3D models. We should make more of those. <laughs> so, you know, it, there's there's probably nothing you can do about that. But if you'll just never be happy. You'll just never be happy again. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Should we talk about the final station real quick? <laughs> Yes, it's a game about trains. I don't think so. We'll we'll be delicate because there there is an embargo on it, but they also sent out a press demo ages ago that we never even talked about. So I feel like anything in that is probably fair game, and I can maybe tell you a little bit about the final version, which uh, just got patched today. I think the game comes out. I want to say it's the thirtieth, so next Tuesday. Yeah, end of the month. Um, and it it's pretty good. I don't know how you guys found it. Did you play it at all, Lucio? I did. Did you finish it, the demo? No. Okay. Um, and that was because I sucked, and I just—it <laughs> was not easy. Well. Things weren't going well. No, it wasn't going well, and then I had shit to do, and then I got something else that I needed to review, and it was just one of those things where it wasn't really the game's fault. It wasn't that I was hating it so much that I just couldn't play it. But mm-hmm. um, so you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's not—you shouldn't take Cold Dragon as the game that I couldn't finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I played it a lot more than I thought I would, and I really enjoyed it. Actually, I th- I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good little title. But there, so basically, the concept is you're this train operator, and you're going to you're going from station to station as you navigate the rails. And every station that you encounter along the railway has uh, a blocker set up. And so every time you get off the train, you have to go and basically find a code to unlock the train so that you can leave the station again. Now, as you visit all these stations, you come to find, well, most of the time in the demo, you find that there are, I don't want to call them zombies, but there's a type of undead. They're monsters. Yeah, they're, they're monsters. They're monsters. And I won't, uh, I, I think that revealing that is kind of the stuff that their embargo is trying to avoid. So I won't get into what that actually is or how that works. But um, bears. it's bears. It's just giant yeah. bears. But uh, basically, you encounter these enemies, and they follow some pretty standard zombie principles, uh, such as they they don't have ranged attacks. They need to run up on you to get you. Uh, a headshot from a gun will take most of them out in, in a single blow. The challenge therein is that you don't have very much ammo, and 
well, actually, that pretty much is the challenge. But then on top of it, uh, a lot of your a lot of your things like health packs, for example, they will uh, also be something that you use in between stations. So every time you clear yeah. a station, you get back on the train, and you have passengers who will slowly have their health and their uh, their hunger decrease. And your job is to kind of juggle you know, metering out rations and things like that. But if you just went through a stage and used all your health packs, then someone who's unhealthy on your train may kick the bucket instead of surviving. Um, I don't know if at any point in the game there is somebody who you can't allow to die. Uh, but what I do know is that if they do die, you you don't get the reward that, that comes with delivering them to the station. So um, hmm. my first run in the game, for example... Not in the demo, but in the real game, I brought like three people to a station and I got like $100 from each of them. So you, you get paid pretty nicely depending on how many people you bring in. Interesting. But so that's the challenge is keeping everybody kind of fed and and not injured. And then on top of it, the train has just a couple little small kind of meters that you have to pay close attention to to make sure that your engine doesn't overheat or I don't understand what some of the knobs that I'm pulling are. But if they yeah, if things get too out of control, it'll pop up and tell you, like, go go touch this one. Which is both good and bad, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go touch that thing, but I don't know what it is. But at the same time, I'm gonna be that interesting. I think the train to me is the weak part of the game for sure, um, because those are the segments where it meters out most of its story uh, via the characters talking. But the problem is, is that you can't just like sit and listen to the characters because you have instruments that are constantly being fucked with. And yep. you have to go in and, and, you know, adjust them. And one thing that I found really annoying in the final build of the game uh, is one of the instruments that you mess with, if the characters mm-hmm. are talking, their word bubbles actually appear over it and you can't click on it like you need to. <laughs> yeah. So that was just a little... And that may be something that's gone by the time it comes out, but I've found that so to that be... actually sounds worse than before. I found that to be kind of irritating. Yeah, I don't think I had that problem in the demo. Um, I don't really remember... And to be fair, I was trying to mess with the machine and it actually didn't need to be messed with. But I couldn't see that because the word bubble was covering the checkpoint that says it's all okay. So, I don't know. Mileage may vary as far as that goes. But what what are your thoughts, Michael? What do you think of the train segments? Do you think they... Mm, yeah, you're probably right in the train segment. I assume they must get more... There there must be more to them as the game progresses. I, would, I, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of weird in the sense that I don't know what the why I'm fiddling around with all the machines. Um, I remember when I played through it, I had this one guy who kept bleeding, and I kept giving him health packs. And finally, I was like, "Man, fuck this guy! What? I don't need him around." And then he died. Was that the guy who's always trying to mutiny against you? No, I didn't have a mutineer. Oh, really? I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember having a mutineer. Wait, for real? I he wasn't like a mutineer, but like he talks to the girl. There's there's a girl you rescue, and then there's a guy you rescue, and they're the first two people that you rescue. And he will not stop talking to her about how he thinks like you might be evil, and that they should they should overtake the train. You don't look that strong. And um, is this the final build? No, this is this is the demo, the press demo. Really? Yeah, and I actually thought he was kind of the most interesting character because, like, I'm sitting there feeding him food, <laughs> and he's basically just like talking shit on me, like I'm not even there. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, see now, 
this could be a setup for like interesting dilemmas because presumably the idea here, the concept is that later in the game, you're going to have trains where some people just aren't going to make it. I, at least that's the assumption mm-hmm. that I'm making. Maybe you can get right, through the game and save everybody. I, I don't know. But the thing that I felt like they were setting up is this concept of like, you know, this guy's a real asshole. Do you let him live anyway? Um, you know, and be the bigger man or whatever. I, I don't know. But I, I see like an interesting dynamic there. The demo, the press demo, is really hindered by the language translation. You know, it's yeah. funny because they they start talking about the first visit, um, and I thought the game was being like intentionally cryptic because, like, for the first half of the game, it's kind of like an intriguing. They're alluding to something, but not quite spelling it out. And then you get to the second half of the game, and they just start speaking like garbled, broken English. And now I'm not so sure how much of it was like intentional. Uh, Intentional intrigue. Yeah, so you played the last build, right, uh, Jared? So tell us, what do you think? So first of all, the final build of the game starts really differently. The press demo we played, you just get dumped onto the train and Mm -hmm. and just start going. But the first one has a lot of build-up, and you spend a lot of time in, like, some pretty active, lived-in cities. Um, And so, like, very little of the game that I've played so far has had combat, even. Um, Mm -hmm. it's been more just kind of a very slow easing into things. Having said that, they do talk about the first visitation quite a bit. Um, it's, it's vague. The, the language feels stronger, like the translation feels better, but there are still moments where I'm seeing things that are really awkwardly worded and Mm -hmm. like places where there should be contractions, but there aren't. Um, that's always a good way to make your dialogue feel weird and stilted is to <laughs> get rid of all contractions. You know, do not run from me. I am the police. You know, it's things like that that <laughs> just don't quite sound right. But sucking um, contractions, man. It's definitely more narrative based in the in the final build. But having said that, I don't think the draw of this game is the narrative. And, and even if it had the best writing, uh, I, I still don't know that it would be that way. Um, it's it's okay as it stands right now. Like it, it's all right. But the real bread and butter and and the creamy part of this game is the the exploring the stations and shooting enemies uh, because the game is very 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 tightly balanced. Where you almost always have like the bare minimum amount of ammo necessary to clear an area. It has a mm. real. It, it it takes me back to like the old Resident Evil games and things like that, where like ammo management was a big deal. At least I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. It it, it does have that thing where you don't really feel like you are comfortable at any point, which is kind of where horror is, right? Now, subsequently, Mm -hmm. I also found that that meant that there were occasionally times where I would get myself backed into pretty bad corners. Um, And there were a number of times where I would have an autosave that I could go back to, but it was kind of useless to me because I only had like one bullet left. And mm-hmm. I found that to be yourself. now you can still restart a station. You can always restart a station from the beginning. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it kind of sucks to do. But I did eventually have to do that because I just got stuck so bad one time that I, I had no choice but to begin again. So, I mean, be really careful with your shots. Like your aim is so important because a headshot will kill most enemies instantly. But a body shot takes like three or four. So, I mean, you're using a lot of ammunition if you're not aiming efficiently. And there's just not enough in the game. Right, there's just not enough to go around. There's no way... And we should way... probably qualify how this controls, is it's, uh, it's a side-scrolling game. 
It is, yeah. It's a side-scrolling game. Uh, you use WASD to move, and you use your mouse to aim. I assume it works on a controller as well, uh, but I have really found it to be most enjoyable because of how important accuracy and headshots are. Right. I don't think I would like to play this on a console. And it doesn't have like a, an aiming uh like laser or something like that that you would expect on a console you know you need to kind of uh, eyeball it yeah I, I i don't know how a console build for it works maybe it's different but um a mouse feels really necessary in this game right now you would have to have like some sort of auto aim i think it'll probably just have like i said like a like a laser um you know that comes out of the gun i think that would be an easy way to solve that problem um, think like you know you know how you aim in Mark of the Ninja and it like shows you where where whatever your aiming is gonna go. Yeah, you know something like that is what I would expect. But yeah, I mean, great great game. Um, surprisingly, a, a big surprise for me. I wasn't really expecting much from it, but I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Uh, and I even would go so far as to say that it might be my favorite game that Tiny Build has published. Which. I mean, it's not the highest praise. Like, yeah, it's not the farthest in that. They release a lot of games, and I don't think they release a lot of masterpieces. But um, yeah, but I always come away liking what I've played from them. Yeah, I think like, that's true. Like they make good, not necessarily great games. You know, but like I would say, that at least from what I know, this is better than Punch Club and uh, Party Hard, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, like I think that's yeah. yeah. So far, I definitely like them better than them. But um, but yeah. Anyway, it's coming out next week, and I'll get back to you guys with a much more. I think I'll probably review it um, if nobody cares. The only other complaint I have is I can't find where the save is, where the save file is, because I want to move it from computers to computer, and uh, <laughs> I don't know where it is. So <laughs> that's making things difficult. But other, yeah. than, other than that's pretty good. It also doesn't really have like save files. It just has a continue button. So you pretty much just have one save. And at least as far as I can tell. Just so just little things that are kind of weird about it. But yeah, if, yeah. It, if it's on your list, check it out. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts about it or I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I really enjoyed the yeah, demo. So. Yeah, I haven't really played it enough to be able to give like an informed opinion on it. All right, well, there you go, the final station. If you want a game that's nicely balanced and pretty, like, it has a very linear structure to it, but it's a great example of why a linear structure can be so great in a game because there are a lot of really tense moments that are caused by, you know, like I said, resource management and things like that. And it's fun being in those situations where you're like, do I use this med kit? Because I'm not going to be able to heal that asshole on the train if I do. You know, and that, that kind of stuff is interesting to me. So anyway, uh, I think that probably just about does it for us. So uh, first of all, we are going to be at PAX uh, next week. So if you are listening to this and you will be at PAX, you should let us know uh, if that's you have a game there or you're just a weird person who's going to be there. I like both those scenarios. So give us a heads up. You can write to us. At, uh, you can write to us at contact at enemy we're also available on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, I think with that, we are out. Yeah. Good night, listeners.